Fantasy Intervention, guys, is blowing up right now. We've got a great team of guys over there at Join Our Circle underscore, or Fantasy Intervention, and we are blowing up. So, I'm going to try out this new intro. Let me know. Let me get some feedback. Let me know if you guys like it, don't like it. we got a sound guy over there with John crushing the sound. Big shout out to John. Make sure you guys check this out and give us some feedback on this new intro. Let us know what you guys think. Oh, and make sure you guys stay tuned to the end of this episode. The whole point of this episode actually gets driven at the end. So, yeah, make sure you guys stay tuned to the end. This is Fantasy Intervention. Fantasy Life, Chase Vernon. What's up, guys? What's going on? How are we doing on this amazing Monday? Y'all feeling good? Did y'all make some money this past weekend? Yeah, maybe, possibly. Hell, this is another DFS show, right? Listen, guys, before we break into this episode... Before we go into it, I need to actually talk about something because I think it's something that is just clearly a major misconception, you know, within this this industry and especially, you know, DFS as a whole. And it's something as to where, like, I just don't think that people can fully understand, I guess, to an extent, the reality of what DFS is and the reality of, you know, who plays in DFS and what happens inside of DFS and when it comes to these you know, big time winners, you know, when it comes to these people that are, are actually making big time money and doing this for a living, I really think it's kind of, I guess, hidden, hidden a little bit like between the, the cracks as to where you have to understand, like, in order to make some big time serious money, right? In order to be able to do this for a living, you've got to put in, you know, 450, 500, 600, Hell, you could have to put in a thousand different entries. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not sitting there like talking to you guys and saying, hey, like, oh, you need 500 entries when all you need is 100. That's not the case. When you're playing DFS, right, the majority of the people that you're playing against, especially if it's a, a, a contest that's not capped, these contests, you're playing against guys who can enter in 150 you know, different entries. <clears throat> You're, you're playing against guys who claim to be analysts, but really they're just throwing 150 different ways of winning out in each and every matchup. And they're not doing 150 entries like as a whole. They're doing like 450, 600 different entries. And they're throwing it into all these different contests to see which one actually sticks. They have these, these apps. They have these sources that actually allow you to play the best possible lineup for 500, 600 different lineups. So they center their, their base around it and they let these machines just go to work. And they let these machines just plug away and plug away and plug away to all these different entries. Meanwhile, they don't duplicate each other. So you're having and you're competing for these million dollar lineups, right? These, these contests that you win a million dollars, you're going to compete against you know, 150 different entries minimum in four different contests across the board. So... <laughs> like daddy said, he won, he won seven fifty. Good deal. No, but guys, to be honest with you guys, like, you know, uh, nibble with numbers, right? Scott Simpson over there, guys like Bo knows it, 
guys like myself, you know, these people inside of these DFS communities where we can give you guys the best possible insight. We can't sit there. We can't sit there and guarantee that, that every guy that we're going to tell you is going to go off, right? It's up to you guys to actually figure into your lineups and, and take what we've given you advice for and put your best possible lineup in there. Because these 600 entries, these 150 entries per contest, right? They're not going to sit there and have every single play down. They're going to have their guys that they like, and they're going to go after it, and they're going to sit there, and they're going to play chalk across the board. Meanwhile, we're giving you an opportunity to find the best guys that are not chalk. right? When you sit there and you listen to these experts who play 600 lineups a week, dude, they're not doing a deep dive like we do. They're spending all their time trying to put together random lineups. It's something as to where when, you, when we sit here, right, and we give you advice, we're digging into these lineups. We're spending six, seven, eight hours. We're not sitting there showing you one entry that ended up winning you like $50,000 because you've been entering 600 other entries in for the past eight weeks. That's not what we're doing, right? Scott over there played like 10 lineups in one week, right? Ended up winning five grand. I've won thousands of dollars playing 10 entries a week. Bo over there gives you hit after hit after hit after hit. These guys that are grinders, that are not sitting there playing 150 entries. We're putting our faith into these 10, 20, 30 entries. These guys are the guys that you want to be taking advice from. Because of the fact that we're not spending time putting lineups out there. We're spending time dedicating to figure out which guys are actually going to be the best ones. So you guys don't have to go broke trying to win a little bit of money. It's fun for all of us. We all have a blast doing it. Doesn't matter if you're a grinder, doesn't matter if you're just throwing stuff in there, right? It's something else where guys like, like we're gonna give you the best possible chance because we're spending our time and our effort and our hard earned money, which we don't have a lot of, trying to find the right plays, not trying to throw 600 different piles of shit up against the wall and see what sticks. So big shout out to you, Scott. Big shout out to you, Bo. I know you guys have both been hitting it big. Uh, big shout out to, of course, multiple different people that I've had on the podcast. Christian was on with me this past Friday. Guys, like these are the type of people that I trust. These are the type of people that I want on. So Rosalie Michaels, another big shout out to you as well. With that being said, guys, I do want to discuss this Monday night. What's going on, Hollywood? Oh, man. What's going on, Dingus? What's going on, Cooter? Listen, how do I stay motivated knowing that? Well, you play the smart contest. You got to play the contest with less entries and you have to play the players that you really believe in. So like I said, it's something that's where we're doing a deeper dive more so than 90% of the other people out there. And it's, it's something that we're spending our, our time eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours a day looking into, not just spending a ton of money on it. And we continue to win. I'm positive by thousands of dollars in DFS playing 10 to 20, maybe 30 lineups a week tops. What's going on, chef? So let's go ahead and dive into this episode before I bore everybody out of their minds talking about this random stuff. And we got a Monday night matchup in DFS that is going to be absolutely terrible. What's going on with these terrible games on Mondays and Thursday nights? I mean, following week 11, I actually took a little bit you know, deeper look into it. Following week 11, we actually have some, some really sexy lineups moving forward, but we've had to suffer through like the Jets now twice up against Denver. I mean, it's just matchup after matchup, but hey, it is what it is. It's DFS. We still find those keys to winning you guys money. So once again, we do have the Jets tonight, and there's only been 10 games so far this season for all the quarterbacks combined as to where a quarterback threw 33 times or more for less than 200 yards. Joe Flacco, 
He's been in there twice, and it's been the only two games that he started in. He's the only quarterback that has multiple games in there, and it's been both of his games. Now, Joe Flacco isn't good, so I don't want you guys to think that I'm sticking up for Joe Flacco. But this combination of play calling, uh, bad offensive line that hasn't been healthy, and also healthy receivers as well. So when I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it, his supporting cast efficiency is dead last in the NFL so far this year. I'm hoping that the skill positions coming back, you know, with Denzel Mims, Rashad Perryman, who are both expected to play this week, along with Jamison Crowder, who is hopefully playing this week with a groin injury. I hope that ends up improving for him, and I hope they, they can actually take some of these shorter, you know, receptions and get some yak compared to what Jeff Smith and, uh, and Christian Berrios, you know, could do prior for them. I mean, what was it? Christian Berrios had... 10 targets with eight receptions and 34 yards last week. Like, that's absolutely brutal. That's not what you want. So I'm hoping that hopefully, 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 Joe Flacco gets a little bit of a lift this week and can give you some, you know, decent options, of course, on the Jets side of the ball. They're hopefully looking at a healthier offensive line. We still have to see what happens with McGovern. But yeah, that's, I'm just hoping for a healthier situation now. There is a slim chance that this game could surprise us all. Right. And we see a huge upset up against the Patriots. It's a division rivalry. Uh, You know, it's not something that I think is going to happen, but it's a very possible situation. So I do want to dive into this matchup on the Jets side first and look into who we can play. Before I do, I do want to bring up Thrive Fantasy. They're our newest sponsor. So come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is actually a daily sports app for uh, for player props. So you go in there. You end up depositing 20 bucks and they actually will match your deposit up to $50. But you have to use the promo code CIRCLE, right? When you go sign up, make sure you guys use the promo code CIRCLE. When you go to deposit 20 bucks or more, they'll match it up to $50. So go check out Thrive Fantasy. Go download the app on App, uh, app Store or Play Store, or you can visit their website, thrivefantasy.com. Go check out. All you have to do is end up winning 10 out of the, or pick 10 out of the 20 player props to build your lineup. It's very similar to DFS in that sense, just more player props. So go check it out, guys. ThriveFantasy.com and use promo code CIRCLE while signing up. Now, diving back into the Jets, guys. Gilmore is going to be out this game, which means that J.C. Jackson over there on the New England side of things is going to get another start. And J.C. Jackson has not looked good at all. In in this past week, right, he got absolutely torched by Diggs, and he's he struggles, and he always has struggled with deeper targets. This is hopefully where I see Mims lining up as kind of like the X receiver, unless they actually pull Perryman in there. But I do believe it's gonna be it's gonna be Mims. In weeks one and six, right, Perryman was almost dead even in uh, splits per side, but week seven he spent about sixty percent of the time in the left. Meanwhile, Denzel Mims, right, he can get some downfield targets and he could be in for some big time plays. He has produced decently over the past two weeks, but it's not something that you want for fantasy overall. The biggest thing is the fact that the Patriots get constant pressure on the quarterback. So with that being said, they only have 10 sacks on the year. This could provide a little bit more of an opportunity for Mims to get downfield, but it still makes me a little bit nervous overall. It makes me even more nervous for Perryman, but at least Mims could see that intermediate range in targets. Now, when I bring up the fact they've only had 10 sacks on the year, but they still are able to get pressure on the quarterback, they faced, they faced uh, Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick, they faced, faced Russell Wilson, they faced Derek Carr, they faced Patrick Mahomes, they faced Drew Locke, Jimmy Graham, and of course, Josh Allen. So outside of Locke, all these guys are either able to escape pressure or get a quick release. This could end up being a nightmare for Flacco if he doesn't get Mims open quickly, which by the way, the 
the New York Jets wide receivers are like fourth so far in the NFL in yards of separation per target, and they haven't had their main receivers there. So they've been able to get their balls to their guys in space, and it could be even big time, more big time for Mims. But yeah, Flacco, man, he's got 28% uh, 28% completion percentage or 28, yeah, 28% completion percentage under pressure so far this year. If he qualified, if he had enough, enough dropbacks, it would be actually fourth worst in the NFL so far this year. Oh, man. Mims, for me, is actually worth the captain spot, but he's going to need a big play in order to make this happen. Up against J.C. Jackson, that's incredibly, incredibly attainable. But my concern is that if they are going to rely on deep plays, they could actually be directed towards Perryman, right? And I'm not even a Perryman guy. I don't like Perryman. He doesn't have the best hands, and he relies on straight line speed to win in coverage, and he has Jason McCourty this week. So, yeah, I'm not on Perryman at all. I'm more so on Denzel Mims to have these big plays. But keep in mind, I'm not going to be having Mims in every single one of my lineups. He'll probably be right around 40%. Uh, Meanwhile, we look over at Perryman, who, by the way, McCourty's proven he can be beat mainly in the Seahawks game. The, The primary thing to look at is the fact that he actually barely gets targeted. And if I take out the Seahawks game as a whole, he's only allowed five receptions on the year for 75 yards. I take that any day over his seven starting games so far this season. I mean, what, less than 10.1 yeah, catches per game, or I'm sorry, yards per game allowed to the cornerback position. That's not good. Now, the Jets are obviously no Seahawks game, so Perryman couldn't end up being a big-time play, but it's something as to where he might be in my lineups in like one or two. I'm not going to be playing over the top. I'm going to go more so more so towards Mims, who has that big play potential on the right-hand side of the field. Now, man, if it comes to who I have to pick for the Jets in the wide receiver position, if I feel like it's going to be a shootout-type game, I'd much rather lean towards Crowder up against Jonathan Jones. Jonathan Jones has actually been targeted four times, four plus times in four games so far this season. In those games, he's allowed two touchdowns, right, in those four games. Uh, And that's not including, by the way, the times that he passed receivers off to other positions where they lined up against him. But yeah, in in three of the four games, he's allowed 80 plus yards with a minimum of 118.8 pass rating in three of four as well. So yeah, it's something as to where Jamison Crowder could absolutely be a smash play for me. But my concern with Jamison Crowder is the fact that they can make a concerted effort to take Crowder away. That's what the Patriots have always done is they take away the best option. So far this season, that's been Crowder. Now, they normally don't care about slot guys, but honestly, like outside of Crowder, who would the Patriots actually be worried about? I, I, don't, I can't put my finger on it. So I'm actually going to be leaning heavy, heavy on Crowder this week. But not to the point where I'm playing him in 100% of my lineups. I'm going to guess right around 70% or so. He's able to get open. And although he's more so a Sam Darnold target, I will still play him with Joe Flacco at quarterback and just hope he gets that, you know, that high-end target share, you know, eight receptions, 10 receptions, and puts his points in that way versus actually having the yardage. Now, oh, man, it makes me a little bit nervous as well with the inflamed, ha- uh, inflamed hammy. But, yeah, Crowder, Crowder is going to be a big-time play. He's not a lock, though. Keep an eye on the injury report, by the way. Uh, if Crowder does not play, I'll be playing Barrios. I know that he had only 34 yards, like I talked about earlier, on eight receptions, but you still get the eight receptions. And honestly, that could be the biggest scoring person on the Jets' side with 11.4 points. Like, that's how bad this game could be. So, like I said, if you guys think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring, I would actually pivot towards Denzel Mims. But yeah, it, it's if you think it's going to be like, I think it's going to be a very low overall scoring game, I'm going to go with. 
Jamison Crowder and Berrios over there on the Jets side of things. Now, looking at some of these other guys outside the wide receivers, there's an interesting play on the slate. Eh, maybe. Kind of an interesting play on the slate. Um, it's a player that's played almost 80 more snaps than any other skill position on the Jets offense so far this season, and that's going to be Chris Herndon. Uh, this, this is like that person, right, that you know that's just so sexy, but they don't try to be sexy. Like, they, they don't really do anything that makes them sexy, and then over time, you know, they just expect everybody to keep wanting them to be sexy or smart or whatever thing you want to use, but they never actually progress in that area. So they kind of just fall off the face of the earth in terms of not actually developing other traits like personality or any kind of other skills whatsoever. That's this person. That is Chris Herndon 100%. He just doesn't care. He doesn't put in the work. And a big part to do with that, by the way, is the fact that he missed a very large part of the beginning of his career with injuries, with suspensions, you know, with just not being in the game with his head in it. And he had a ton of potential, a ton of upside, but I think this organization to an extent has given up on him as a receiver. Not to mention the fact that they need blockers because this offensive line is so bad. Now, with that being said, he does block on 73% of the plays, if I remember correctly. So maybe he could be in line for a touchdown. You know, maybe he could be a dart throw. But I do want to mention the tight ends that the Patriots have played through so far. They have played up against Kaseki, Kelsey, Waller, Kittle. Right? Those are four. And they also have Disley, Croft, and, and Albert O. To all those guys combined, right? All seven of those guys, 249 yards and no touchdowns allowed. <laughs> That's crazy to me. They did allow, by the way, one touchdown to the backup with Moreau. And Kelsey did have 70 yards, but he only had three catches on the seven targets. So it's something as to where, like, these primary tight ends, dude, they're shutting them down for the most part. They aren't able to get anything. And, and that has a lot to do with the fact that they're using two safeties inside the box you know, up against the defense. So no matter what side these tight ends lined up against, like they're having elite safeties, such as, of course, uh, yeah, Phillips and Brooks to be able to cover these, these two safeties. So it's not something that I'm really chasing with Herndon, but I can understand as a dart throw. I mean, he hasn't topped three catches since week one. So, oh God, it makes me a little bit sick to my stomach because it would be so Adam Gase, right? This would be such an Adam Gase thing to go out there and target what the New England Patriots like least expect them to target because they're so good at it. And then he just shits the bed completely because that's what Adam Gase does. He ends up overthinking situations. So I don't like doing this, but as a dart throw, I can understand it. Now, going on to a different position, right? The position that they should be attacking, but they probably won't, is the running back position. Out of the 19 running backs they've faced so far this season, they've allowed all but four to average over four yards per carry. One of those four was Howard, who had like five or seven carries at the goal line, you know, which obviously you're not going to get too many yards at the goal line, you know, per carry and still got it in there. So it's something as to where they're just giving up yards. Now, I, I like LaMichael P. Ryan better in this matchup compared to Frank Gore, but it's grinders that have consistently produced up against the Patriots. So Frank Gore is still an option for me in probably like 10% of my lineups. I'm not going to be overdoing it, but I need a few lineups with him in there just to make sure that, that he could end up being, you know, the guy over there. I don't want to see Frank Gore get in the end zone twice and end up screwing the, the whole thing over for me. Now, I'm not going to overplay him because of the fact that the Jets have an inability to get inside the red zone and then also capitalize in the red zone. The Jets are dead last in red zone scoring opportunities with only two attempts per game which is absolutely terrible. It's, it's by far dead last. I think the second last team is almost at three. So, 
Yeah. With that being said, too, Frank Gore is like a weakness up against the Patriots. I don't know what it is. Frank Gore actually has 86 rushing attempts in his career against the Patriots. 14 of those inside the red zone, and zero of those have resulted in touchdowns. So does he get his first rushing touchdown ever this week? Uh, Does he? Does he? Probably not. Probably not. But it is still worth a few different lineups where I want to play him in because, honestly, we don't know where the Jets can actually succeed. They have their best shot up against the running back position or up against the the defensive line with the running back position. Now, P. Ryan, right? He's been dominating touches as of late, and he has, you know, more passes or or catches. Yeah, he should be dominating touches and has more catches as well outside of a Frank Gore game that Frank Gore went four for 24 with a couple weeks ago or like three or four weeks ago. So it's something as to where this game could be very low scoring, but there could be receptions very similar to what I talked about with that slot cornerback position or the slot wide receiver position. You know, you could have Braxton Berrios, right, put up another game with eight receptions for 34 yards and it would be worth it for the Jets side. P. Ryan could go out there and have six receptions with 30 yards on the ground and 30 yards in the air, and that would be a win because the Jets might not score. So he is a guy that I will be looking to play in this matchup. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to have shares of both running backs in this game. It could be a close game. It could be an upset or it could be a blowout on the Patriots side, which is why I want to take my shot on the pass game more than the running game. But it's something as to where the running backs could still get some some work in there. Now, on the other side of things, right, for a team that actually knows where to attack the opposing team. Yeah, we've got the Jets. And so far this season, right, their defense has been absolutely brutal, but they've been brutal up against the tight end position. That's been their weakest spot so far this season. That's that tight end position. They've just been getting point after point after point, just allowing teams to rack up yards against them for the most part. With that being said, the Patriots actually have 15 guys on their injury report and three of them are their only tight ends on the roster, right? We have Asia Asi who went on IR. Keen, who's out, and then Izzo, who's questionable. Now, if Izzo plays, I'll have a few shares of them. But honestly, like, it's something as to where the Patriots have not used their tight end, and Newton likes to utilize his legs in the, uh, in the red zone. So they just don't use the tight end, man. They use him as a blocker. They use him as a decoy. They have one total target to the tight end position so far this season. That is it. Between all their tight ends, they've only targeted the tight end one time in the red zone. It's not enough to make... You know, the it's a, a major asset in this, but you do have to play him. McDaniel's is really phenomenal at, at scheming guys and figuring out where the defenses have their their big time, you know, gaps when it comes to, uh, you know, attacking these defenses. And I think that Izzo is going to be an option this game if he does play. But yeah, it's something as to where I can't find myself putting him into lineup after lineup after lineup after lineup. He has seen an increase in targets slightly over the past few weeks, but. It's tough for me. Now, if they do keep Izzo in line to block, they could actually use Jacob Myers to take advantage of this red zone. Uh, just the Desir, right? He's actually very hit or miss on his plays so far this season. Like he's going all out. He's either getting the interception for a pick six, or he's going to end up giving up a touchdown. That's what it seemed like so far this season from the games that I've watched. He's risking it all and assuming that safeties behind him can actually cover for his back uh, for his gaffes. However, that has not been the case. The safeties have not covered it. And there's been some big plays up against the Sears so far this year. Now, 
if you're sitting there, right, and you're talking about Myers, Jacob Myers is a second-year guy who was undrafted, who's had his glimpse of, of extreme success. And we've seen it over the past couple weeks as to where he's been, you know, that, that go-to target. He did okay, you know, up against Tredavious White, which is an accomplishment for a guy in his second year that's undrafted. And then he did well up against uh, Verrett as well for the 49ers. So that's another accomplishment. So I'm kind of hoping that they kind of shift him around a little bit more than they have over the past two games. He's primarily just played on the right-hand side of the ball. So if they can just get him to the left a couple of times and take advantage of Austin Blesson, who's been one of the worst corners so far this year in the league, it's something as to where we could actually see Jacob Myers racking up a very, very overall good week and could see him in the end zone twice. He's actually worth a captain spot for me in a lot of plays. And guess what? So is Demir Bird. I know. I know it's gross to say that because Demir Bird has not, he's been in pretty much every single snap. He's been very similar to Marvin Jones Jr. as to where he's getting the snaps, you know, he's getting downfield, he's running the routes, he has the matchup advantages time after time again, and they're just not targeting him. And I think that's in part because Newton just doesn't attempt deep balls, right? He's actually really good at deep ball attempts. He's completed 60%, which is third best so far this season. Meanwhile, he's only uh, attempted 10 deep balls, which is 33rd in the NFL. So he's just not throwing the balls deep, and he, he's been okay with it. Now, this could actually change this week, especially with Quinn and Williams potentially being out, which I expect him to be. The Jets with Quinn and Williams are dead last in pressures on the quarterback, and they've allowed 25th, their 25th in explosive play percentage. So, yeah, the, the crazy part is the Jets don't even need teams to have explosive plays because most of these teams are up. So, I'm sitting here thinking that this could actually be a Demir Bird week. I just feel like Cam Newton needs to attempt more of these. He just needs to get in his groove, and he needs to attempt more deep passes down there to, to Demir Bird, and it could absolutely go off. Now, with that being said, Isaiah Ford's not going to be playing, and Gunner Olsev was blah, 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 the O guy, Gunner O. I'm not even going to try and attempt that. Uh, he's going to be up against Brian Poole, the slot guy, who is actually one of the best slot corners so far in the season. Gunner's only had one target so far in the season, and he's had one rushing attempt. This is not the week to get cute, or this is not the game, I should say, to get cute with Gunner. I don't see him getting in the end zone. It's not somebody that I'm going to be even chasing the dragon with. I'm going to let him ride it to where he is. Now, where this matchup gets sticky is up against the running backs, because <laughs> I don't even know what's going to happen with this. It's so tough to tell. Like, Sonny Michelle, he could be activated, right? He might have already been activated by the time this, this is coming out. Damian Harris is banged up, but they don't really know why he's on the question mark because they don't really have an injury to associate with him outside of, you know, some previous injuries. But uh, they're seeing that they fully expect him to play and he shouldn't be, you know, sitting out at all. Meanwhile, the Jets might suspect that Damian Harris is going to play, right? And so they might say, hey, you know, they're trying to sit there and say that Damian Harris is going to be questionable. So we study Rex Burkhead. Meanwhile, they roll out Damien Harris, right? Trying to play this New England trickery that they do from time to time. Then the Jets might realize that the New England Patriots realize that. And then actually think that the Patriots could know their suspicion. Thus, forcing them to prepare for Burkhead as well because of the fact that Damien Harris might not even play because of the New England trickery. Now, knowing that Burkhead has that upside, right? The Patriots could know that. And the Jets could suspect that the Patriots would realize that the Jets would prepare for Damian Harris and Rex Burkhead. Meanwhile, they could actually roll out James White, right? Go back to James White because they're going to be so busy keeping their mentality focused on Damian Harris 
and Rex Burkhead, that they're going to end up focusing on James White now. So then the Jets could actually be more focused on James White than they actually are Jam- Damian Harris or Rex Burkhead. Meanwhile, last minute, the Patriots could actually activate Sonny Michelle, who had 117 yards the last time that they played, or last time he played before the injury, and had like two receptions for like 20 or 30 yards. So then the, the Jets might suspect that and start preparing for Sonny Michelle, meanwhile, leaving the original Damien Harris completely unprepared for. See, this is like some princess and the bride type of shit, or whatever it's called. What is it called? Prince and the Bride? Princess and the Bride? I can't even remember. I'm so confused right now as to where I actually go with this one. Now, whoosh, taking a deep breath, like, I, I completely just fucked my whole head up, but what I'm trying to say is pretty much you're going to play all three or four if Sony Michelle plays, and honestly, I'd probably have equal shares as to any of them, but if I'm sitting there and I had to rank them as to the guys that I want to play the most in this running back backfield, I'm going to lean Harris first, um, then I'm going to go Burkhead, and then I'm going to go White, unless Sony Michelle plays. Then I'll put Harris and Burkhead and White. I'm sorry, uh, Burkhead and, and Michelle even. And then White last. I think the White primarily gets used in games where they need to pass heavy, but it hasn't been the same with Cam Newton being able to scramble. Meanwhile, we talk about, uh, we talk about James White. He's not getting utilized at all in the red zone compared to what he was over the previous two or three years, which I suspected prior to the season starting. It's coming to fruition now. I can only hope for one thing. And one thing alone for this backfield to happen and for me to believe in it moving forward. And that's the, where they pull a Frozen moment, right? The movie Frozen. Haven't seen it yet. But I know the one phrase, or the one song that everybody loves. And they just let Damien Harris go. They let him go. Just let him go. Let him do his thing and let him dominate the touches over there. Let him dominate the carries and let him have his third performance of over 100 yards rushing in the past now five games, including tonight. With that being said, guys, thank you all for tuning in, of course. If you guys want to check out our content, make sure you guys go check us out on LANKTR.ee slash Fantasy Intervention. Once again, that's LANKTR.ee slash Fantasy Intervention. You guys can also go check us out at Join Our Circle. Join Our Circle underscore on Twitter. And, of course, at FF underscore Intervention. Once again, that's at FF underscore Intervention if you guys want to come check me out. That was a lot of work to try and figure that all out. So, thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you guys for letting me intervene with your fantasy football life. We're out. Hey, my dope, my niggas is dope. Switch up a stove, pick up a stove. They feeling away, they know I'm the goat. That's how you bang a podcast. So throwing it back to the old school, because I'm an old fool who's so cool. No, I'm not. Just kidding, guys. But I did have a bunch of questions come up in this episode about soulmates. Because I guess I interrupted a very important group chat where they were discussing soulmates. So I had to pay the price for it. And throughout this entire episode, I couldn't stop laughing at the comments going on. So here are the comments for you guys. Went ahead and read them off. Now, what do we have here? After I do my sign-off, what is going on in the comments over here? Because we had a bunch of them, and I've been trying to read it all off. All right. Would you bet on Cam Newton? I don't know who Cam Newton is, but I'm assuming it's, it's Cam Newton to be the first player to score tonight, uh, run only as passes go to the wide receivers. I would probably think that that's very likely that Cam Newton is the first one to score, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a big play off of Demir Bird or... 
uh, Jacoby, Jacoby Myers. Denzel Mims could also be a guy. Chase, do you believe in soulmates? No. Unless it's me in football. That's about it. Um, tell them to go check out my OnlyFans, please. Oh, you guys got to make sure you subscribe to Daddy's Home's OnlyFan page because that is going to be live on Thanksgiving. Just ask him about his wishbone offer. I need a promo code for that, Mike. I need a promo code. We need that answer. I'm guessing it's do we believe in soulmates or are you asking about the OnlyFans page, Hollywood Titan? I'm going to go with the OnlyFans page, which you need to get Mike, Mike in touch with or in touch with Mike with. Will Frank Gore get over or under 47 rushing yards tonight? Oh, God, that's like where kind of like I have him. I have him right there at like the 40 to 50 rushing yards. Um, but he could end up having the two touchdowns. So that's that's kind of crazy. That's the over under. I'm going to say under uh, with like a touchdown. That's his upside, by the way. All right. Yeah, I'm going with Crowder to have a, a decent game tonight. Sole answer, please. That's what, God, stop yelling at me, Hollywood. I don't even know if you're still here. What do you think the chances are that there's a soulmate out there for Hollywood? I don't know. Does Gunner believe in soulmates? I don't know. I don't believe in soulmates, to be honest. I'll make it all happen. I'll make it all work. All right, James White, soulmate to Damian Harris. I think they're like the exact opposite. I think they actually hate each other. They're competing for uh, uh, Josh McDaniel's love. Stop yelling at me, Titan. Are the Patriots prepared to be the Jets' soulmate? Oh, they're going to be inserting themselves somewhere tonight, Dingus. I'll tell you that. Damian Harris has no soulmate. <laughs> That's so sad. All right, can you have more than one Patriot running back as your soulmate? Uh, tonight you might be able to. Depends on if Rex Burkhead can get into the uh, can get into the end zone. If Rex Burkhead gets a touchdown or two, you can have Rex Burkhead as your soulmate and have Damian Harris as your side piece. Do you want to build a snowman, or do you want to be a soulmate? <laughs> um, I I'll probably freeze to death if I try and build a snowman. Is this where you come to get rich? Absolutely not. Wait, where? What time are these happening? These like current now? Oh god, they are current. TK mode. Thought you were already rich. He is rich. He's rich with personality and love. He wishes, bro. He wishes. Chase, how were those onion rings? Some of the best onion rings I ever made in my entire life. All right, guys, I gotta get out of here and upload this episode and edit it. You were definitely yelling. You use all caps in one of these. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you use all caps when you said my name. So you were definitely yelling. Oh man, I'm getting out of here, guys. I gotta set my lineup and get my Patreon all set up, guys. I'll talk to y'all in the group chat. Peace.